Hey everybody, this is Bad Hardman with the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Uh, normally I'll go through the list of all the shows, but instead of going through the plethora of programming we have, um, I'm just going to say that there's some big positive changes going on for CKCC Radio. So if you've not subscribed on any of your podcast listening platforms, uh, do it now. And also give their Patreon uh, page, uh, patreon.com backslash CKCC Radio. I believe that's the link. Uh, Give them a look. They are uploading new content all the time. Um, Shows like Ranking Tracks. I've done a couple of episodes exclusive to Patreon. And also, if you're a fan of wrestling, the entire um, back catalog of the show that inspired this, the Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, will make its way over to Patreon. The entire show, over 380 episodes, as that show is winding down its run on CKCC Radio itself. So there will be all sorts of new content. I'm working on ideas for exclusive Patreon content as well. So give it a check out. It starts off at only $5 a month. Um, Cheaper than a trip one day a month to Starbucks. So, and it's certainly a lot better than Starbucks. But anyway, I know it's been a hot minute since you guys heard me. Um, I didn't record a Kansas episode due to life happening and not having enough time in the day. And also, I'm a little late with this week's episode because, well, Texas is underwater, and currently we are on day four. Hopefully we'll, as we're recording on Wednesday morning, we'll be able to get um, the rest of the cup race in. We only got 50 laps on Sunday before the fog and the rain all started that has pushed it back um, the last three days. So, we have all that. But we've got a lot of news to cover. We've got a pop Quiznos, because it is the Halloween season. And it's just this weekend. And here we go with this week's pop Quiznos. In 1995, this famous horror character was initially supposed to be on Kyle Petty's Coors Light Pontiac for the race at Charlotte, I believe it was, Um, but was nixed with NASCAR, and the car became known as the Pumpkin Car. Can you tell me which horror character was supposed to be featured on the hood. Answer at the end of the show. Uh, As I said um, in the beginning, 
this uh, this episode is late because I didn't do it. It's not late. I just didn't do a Kansas episode. I didn't really see much of any of the racing at Kansas. Um, I really didn't see much racing overall, but like I know that there was stuff to talk about. I know Joey Logano uh, became the first driver to punch his way into the final four, just beating out Kevin Harvick. Uh, Sheldon Creed had won the truck race, and I'm drawing a blank on the Xfinity race. I think it was Justin Haley. But, you know, it was... It wasn't something I was going to go Google over. I mean, we did have Brett Holmes beat out perennial ARCA Championship bridesmaid Michael Self for the 2020 ARCA title, which was cool. Um, we had Haley Deegan winning at, uh, not winning, but Haley Deegan finishing 17th in the truck race at Kansas as well becoming the highest finishing uh, female in their debut in the truck series. Which surprisingly isn't, I shouldn't say isn't a whole lot of drivers, but none with the support that she's had, maybe outside of an Aaron Crocker, but um, the, the Deegan deal is somewhat impressive, and I think it silenced her critics a little bit, uh, especially people who have been critical of uh, Natalie Decker over the past two seasons. Um, so, that was Kansas, but the bigger news um, kind of expands the whole globe. Um, we have Lewis Hamilton uh, breaking Michael Schumacher's record for the most F1 wins, which I, I don't know how I feel. I, I can't diminish Hamilton's accomplishments. Um, I was a Hamilton fan at one point, but then it got ridiculous uh, with the way F1 is. And I eventually tuned out of F1 for good because of it. I mean, yeah. It was like it was like picking the tallest kid in the third grade to play against, you know, kids half his size, you know? It was just ridiculous over the dominance. And and so I just I just tuned out, you know, his Mercedes team is ridiculously um, better than his um, than his counterparts on other teams. So it really he's just in a, the Mercedes team is in a class of its own, which is why he wins so much. I really do believe. Um. So yeah, yeah, you know, while he might have the record. I, I do. I think he's better than a behind the wheel than a Michael Schumacher or an Ayrton Senna, uh, Alan Prost, uh, Nicky Lauda, James Hunt, Nigel Mansell, Jim Clark, Jackie Stewart. No, I don't. I don't. You know, 
he may be on par with like a Nigel Mansell type or a Fernando Alonso, but I don't think he's as good as a Prost, a um, Ayrton Senna, or Jim Clark, or Jackie Stewart. And it doesn't help that he's also kind of a polarizing figure in F1, and where F1 really doesn't relate to the casual um, racing fan here in the U.S., I, I think it turns more people off, um, myself included. So, yeah. Um, moving on, we also had Tony Schumacher, uh, uh, the, the longtime top fuel driver, actually pick up his first win since something ridiculous like 2008. And I'm like, wow. Um, I remember Tuna Schumacher was one of the guys in top fuel. He's a multi-time champion. But to see him go, uh, you know, some ridiculous uh, time period between um, winning uh, race overall wins is just, it's mind-blowing. So, um, other news. Um, news in the world of... IndyCar before we get to NASCAR, because IndyCar, I, although there was some big news in NASCAR over the past two weeks, um, I, I think the IndyCar is a little bit bigger, and the stories involved are a little smaller, and it not only affects one series, but affects two series on two different continents. Uh, the first is Chip Ganassi has announced uh, Jimmy Johnson, which we already knew would be running the road courses and the street circuits in 2021, uh, has announced his car number, which should be no surprise. It is going to be the number 48, uh, the number he has campaigned through his entire Cup Series career. Um, and he will be sponsored by Carvana, the auto sales site. Um, that you've been seeing a lot of commercials about. I think they're the ones with that cool little car kiosk, uh, if I remember right. Um, that's certainly something. Uh, it's good to see Jimmy, and obviously he's got full sponsorship for his endeavor next year. Um, and basically, with that many races, he'll be running for Rookie of the Year. Uh, his main competitor is a man who had been hinted around that would be moving to IndyCar and will at the end, at the beginning of the season. Actually, he just competed in the season finale um, at St. Petersburg, um, the streets of St. Pete down in Florida. Um, and props to Joseph Newgarden for winning the race down there and Scott Dixon for winning another IndyCar Championship, uh, Jimmy's teammate next year. Um, the big news out of the weekend besides the points chase is that Scott McLaughlin, um, the V8 Supercar, multi-time V8 Supercar Champion, let me rephrase that, he's a multi-time, not just a one-time, uh, will be coming over from Team Penske DGR Racing, uh, from the V8 Supercar Series, uh, moving full-time to IndyCar, uh, something that he's wanted to do. He's done some iRacing with IndyCar uh, during the pandemic, 
and um, Roger Penske is bringing him up to a fourth car, presumably with sponsorship from Shell, his sponsor in the V8 Supercar Series. And at the same time as that announcement, the announcement that Roger Penske and Team Penske will be pulling out of the uh, Team Penske DGR Racing uh, hybrid effort in the V8 Supercar Series, uh, the team that was initially known as Dick Johnson Racing, driven by the longtime driver turned owner, uh, Dick Johnson. Um, they'll retain the team uh, with Penske uh, basically selling his shares back to Team DGR. Um, and it was cited that it was the pandemic. I just find it funny that it was in the same announcement that Scott McLaughlin will be going IndyCar racing. You can read the tea leaves whatever way you will on that deal. Um, but I think that it would bring a new, fresh face to IndyCar, uh, especially for um, the Australian and New Zealand audience who already know who this guy is. You know, and we've had some Australian guys who've come up through and done pretty well from that that part of the world. Um, guys like Will Power, Scott Dixon. You know, so I, I think he'll be in good company with those, especially as a teammate to Will Power. And yes, that is his real name, Will Power. So... I think that's I think that's going to be big, um, you know. And I've I've already voiced my opinion on the IndyCar schedule. Uh, with the lack of ovals, we'll only see three next year. Uh, two at Texas and the Indy 500. So the rookie of the year battle is not as tilted, and there still is the possibility that Jimmy Johnson depending on his comfort level, can run that Indy 500 if he's comfortable in the car and comfortable on ovals. Maybe he will try it. Um, I'm not going to say he will, but if he does, I would be the first time in a long time we've had a um, stock car guy try the 500. Uh, the last one being Kurt Busch, who... One rookie of the year in 2015 or 16. Ran pretty damn good for Andretti Autosport. But then, um, yeah, okay. Um, NASCAR, I'm gonna move over to that. Um, we're already starting to get pieces falling into place. Um, I know we had talked previously about Clint Boyer doing a um, retiring at the end of the season. I shouldn't say retiring. They say retiring from full-time cup competition, which is kind of like, kind of like I'm retired but not retired. But uh, also you... Um, you know, we had that spot to fill. You know, obviously the Jimmy Johnson seat at Hendrick was pretty much announced that that will be Alex Bowman moving over that. 
but that still leaves a four seed open at Hendrick. All the pieces are slowly starting to find themselves in the place. Uh, who will be taking over Bubba Wallace's ride in the Richard Petty Motorsports car? Um, will Matt DiBenedetto uh, be a one and done in the 21 of the famed Wood Brothers uh, Ford? And what will happen with um, smaller teams like uh, JTG Racing um, and Front Row Motorsports with their with their list of drivers? Um, but within the last week or so, we've um, kind of found out a lot of pieces, some which were kind of foregone conclusions, others that you know, kind of came out of nowhere. And the first one that I that that was announced that caught my attention was that Matt D. Benedetto, who has been auditioning all season to keep his ride with the Wood Brothers after being given a gift last year by their outgoing driver Paul Menard when he announced his retirement, uh, that D. Benedetto will be getting a second E rear with the team in 2021. Uh, which I think is well-deserved. Um, team is having one of its best seasons in years. And it's only, only making its second ever playoff appearance with Benedetto. Uh The first um, being in 2016 with Ryan Blaney after his win at Pocono. Um, and... In 2022, he will be replaced with Austin Sindrick. And Sindrick, for 2021, will be doing a five-race deal with Team Penske as a fourth car to get in tune for the 2022 season. I, I think that's a, a good move. Um, it assures that Matty D will have something in the works for 2022 without having to worry about it so late and and it assures that Cindric won't be thrown in at the beginning of the season uh, to sink or swim like so many rookies have been um, over the past couple of years. Um, but another, obviously on the heels of that, we get the the double announcement first that Kyle Larson will be reinstated on January 1st of 2021 uh, by NASCAR after completing everything um, that was required of him due to his suspension from using a racial slur uh, during a, a iRace chat. Um, I think that this is long overdue. I think, personally, I think he should have been um, reinstated months ago. Um, I, I think he should have been reinstated the same time that um, he was reinstated in the World of Outlaws series where he raced all summer long and was extremely dominant in that. Uh, but he... Um, NASCAR was having, was going through its own issues, you know, with the um, the whole, you know, with the climate of America, and I think 
to where they're more focal point. They were taking their feet on it. Um, but at the same time, as much as I wanted to see him for these last three races, it did make sense. Um, why wait to January 1st of 2021 was to give him time to set up a deal for a driving deal and a sponsorship deal for the new season upcoming. I mean, it's been long rumored that he would go to Tony Stewart Racing replacing um, Clint Boyer or that he would be replacing Jimmy Johnson. Obviously, one of those two rumors uh, has gone by the wayside and that he... Um, that he will be back, but he will be back, obviously, with a um, with a really strong team. Um, it, it's long rumored that he, with the announcement of what will happen to the 14 car, which we'll get to in a moment, that he will be running a fourth Hendrick car. And Mr. Hendrick, Rick Hendrick, is known not to drivers to really play outside of the Hendrick sandbox unless it's with a... Um, another team uh, without his blessing which kind of leads to the rumor as shortly after it was announced he was reinstated maybe like a day or two uh, that announced that uh, Kyle Larson Racing his World of Outlaw team will be shutting down at the end of the season um, which like I said really leads into that I know uh, Casey Kane did run some um, World of Outlaw races with um, his time at Hendrick Motorsports, but I think that with this, you know, this is kind of reading the tea leaves once again on uh, whether he will sign with that. And the interesting rumor is that if he does go to that fourth car with Alex Bowman moving from the 88 to the 48, that the 88 number will be gone, will not be a part of Hendrick Motorsports, uh, the number which uh, was acquired from the Robert Yates racing team uh, for Dale Jr. Um, since he was not able to get his number eight from his stepmother's team at DEI, Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, uh, that he chose number 88. Sorry, taking a bite to eat. But uh, he chose number 88 in honor of his grandfather. And uh, now that he is retired and all the contracts have gone through with Exalta and whatnot, that it's free to move the number back from one of their original numbers, either the 25. That was the car that was campaigned um, up until Dale Jr. Uh, first with the late Tim Richmond and Ken Schrader on to a myriad of other drivers. Uh, the last one to really run it, I believe, was Brad Keselowski in a five-race deal prior to him moving to full-time cup with Penske Motorsports, a Hendrick rival. And 
the other number is the number that uh, started out with the team when they were known as All-Star Racing, which is the number five, which is, has seen a lot of success, you know, both, you know, from the very beginning with um, Jeff Bodine's uh, first win with the team, well, the first win for the team, I should say, in Martinsville, 1984, then you had Terry Labonte, who won a championship with it. Kyle Busch, uh, when he came on the rookie scene, um, Mark Martin, the list goes on and on um, about the drivers that have run that car. Ricky Rudd. So, you know, bring back a little bit of the past to the present and the future, you know, with um, Kyle Larson taking over that ride, so uh, it hasn't been announced yet. They cannot announce anything yet, but that's pretty much a foregone conclusion in the garage. Uh, another, another not so surprising thing is that Eric Jones will be replacing Bubba Wallace in the forty-three car. Uh, Jones, who was the first driver who had the rug pulled out from under them uh, during the silly season being replaced at Joe Gibbs racing with uh, Christopher Bell. Uh, Jones would move over to replace another former Joe Gibbs racing driver, uh, Bubba Wallace, as Bubba goes to the newly christened Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin team, the 2311 racing team, um, named after both Jordan and Hamlin's numbers. Um, the car, that car will run at 23 and has been announced, but it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that that's going to be a Toyota as well. Um, pretty much working, you know, hand in hand with TRD and Joe Gibbs racing. Um, Jones, the interesting fact is that he will not be bringing any sponsorship with him. Um, which I was kind of disappointed about because I was hoping to see the Stanley Company of Tools um, reunite with Richard Petty Motorsports as they, um, together in a joint effort, um, had Marcus Ambrose as their driver in the mid-20-teens, um, and, and they found some success. Um, so... That would have been cool, but apparently, I guess, um, Stanley with their DeWalt and Craftsman brands will stay on the 20 car uh, with Christopher Bell. And um, the big announcement um, in terms of confirmed things, you know, obviously the Larson thing is unconfirmed other than his reinstatement, is that Chase Briscoe. Uh, the young man who has been dominating in the Xfinity series this year, battling it out with Austin Sidrick, will be moving the cup full-time next year with sponsorship from highpoint.com, a company from my old neck of the woods in northern New Jersey. Um, they are a web-based service uh, for businesses, and that Briscoe will be running the 14 car, uh, was announced on uh, 
I believe it was Twitter or Instagram, uh, had a video with Tony Stewart, um, and there was an interview with Tony Stewart on one of the NASCAR shows that explained the, the different process between him, um, the possibility of Larson racing with him and Chase Briscoe. Uh, obviously, Ford had a lot to do with Briscoe moving up as Briscoe, along with Cindric, were two of their big development drivers. And, and Tony, Tony being Tony, threw a little shade at Toyota um, and how they run their development program as Toyota likes to sign a lot of drivers. And then kind of drop them off at the wayside for the next flavor of the week. While Ford likes to develop them. Likes to develop them, develop them and cultivate them um, to the best they can be. Obviously, you see that with Briscoe. We see that with Cedric. We're starting to see that with Tanner Gray um, and Haley Deegan, who during the Kansas race was announced that she will be running full-time trucks next year for the Ford truck team of DGR Crosley. So I, I think this is a great move. I think Chase is a great move to the future. He's a great young man. Um, nothing, nothing but bad, nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, he's a former Eldora winner. He was the first driver to win on the Roval in a NASCAR series, winning the Xfinity race the first year they ran it. Uh, he can win on any type of track, short track, mile and a half, super speedway, dirt, road course. So I, I think that he's going to be a a strong... Sorry, as I was saying, with in terms of Briscoe and the... Uh, uh, had my glasses get caught up in my headphone wire. Anyway, as I was saying with Briscoe, I think that this is a good move for both him and for Ford. I think there's a lot of talent there, especially to leave them in this next generation. And Ford is actually doing something right with their developmental program. They're not signing as many stars, and they're not letting them get away as they had in the past. Uh, two notables that... I got away from Ford in the past, guys you may have heard of, like Chase Elliott, and, and this guy, um, he had a mustache, he, he was a rookie, had a mustache, used to run sprint cars, oh yeah, by the name of Jeff Gordon, you know, the four-time champion, um, 92 race winner, no doubt about it, uh, unanimous, I believe he was unanimous, um, Hall of Famer in NASCAR. Uh, guy who kind of changed the landscape. So, I think Ford's doing that right, you know, both with him and Cindric and their other drivers. Uh, so, it's going to be exciting to see. I know um, Boyer's got a, a special scheme planned. I actually just saw it this earlier today, before I recorded, um, what he'll be running at Martinsville. Um, and, I, and I think it's very fitting if he wasn't going to run a, a car at Kansas thanking the fans. I think Martinsville would be because Martinsville uh, was one of his biggest wins um, just a couple of years ago. And I think that was certainly something. 
Uh, he's actually got all every sponsor that has sponsored him in the Cup Series uh, since his debut on the deck lid, and I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, with all but one, I should say, um, because I don't think having Ford or Toyota on a Ford Mustang would would be cool. But they got everybody else from his hamburger helper days to Cheerios to Jack Daniels to Five Hour Energy and so on and so on. So I think that's pretty neat that they're honoring him, honoring him and everybody who supported him along the way on that car. Um, but yeah, so we got all that. I think we got all the rumors as of right now, all the announcements as of right now, all straightened out. Um, you know, as we wait for uh, the Great Flood to uh, end down in Texas, uh, hopefully they will have a race in on Wednesday. If not, they've told teams to stand by until Thursday um, because this weekend they are supposed to be running Martinsville. And NASCAR really wants to get this Texas race in. Um, personally, I think, you know what, you can slide it in somewhere in the middle of the next week prior to Phoenix, if need be. Um, you know, had it been in a race like a Charlotte, then a Martinsville, or a Bristol, then a Martinsville, then you could kind of combine them back-to-back, -back, but... Um, they're going to have to go back out west for the season finale at Phoenix, so why not just move it then? But then again, I'm not I'm not the NASCAR scheduling guru, and I'm not one of the guys behind the scenes at NBC Sports kind of directing that initiative. So whatever happens, happens. Um, it would be nice to see them finish the race. You know, we've got... Just three more races left in the season, and we're calling it good on a season that seems like it's stretched forever. It seems like it was only 10 years ago that Denny Hamlin won the 500, and but that wasn't even the story. It was, you know, whether Ryan Newman was going to be okay. And that was only February, but it seems so long ago um, because of everything that has happened, both on the track, off the track. Um, oh, one bit of news I forgot to say um, when we were talking about Ryan Newman. Um, we've all seen the horrific crash in the driver that hit him on the on the hood and all on the roof. Uh, Corey LaJoy, who had announced that he will not be back with Go Fast Racing. Uh, Go Fast Racing will be going part-time next year without Corey LaJoy as the charter has been sold to co-owner Joe Falk and the combination of part-time cup driver and uh, Xfinity driver owner BJ McLeod and Matt Tift. Um, if you remember right, Matt Tift was a rookie last year with um, Front Row Motorsports um, and um, he, after the Martinsville race, had to sat out the rest of the season. And this season, after suffering a seizure um, and being 
one who has actually had that scare before, um, it's not a pleasant experience, and it's something that you cannot jump right back into a car on. You know, you have to you have to be cleared uh, to drive again. Um, thankfully, from the way his sounded, it you know it may have been you know a one-time thing, much like mine. It, but they're scary enough. But um, Tift will be back in the car, and 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 I and I'm really really proud of this young man. I had actually had a little bit of discourse with his father uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I shouldn't. I don't even know if discourse is the word, but a little bit of um, talk. Um, and he had actually had liked one of the posts that I had um, posted. Um, about get well on that when he was um, recovering from having a brain tumor removed. Um, this young man has overgone a lot of health issues, a lot, and still strives to compete at the highest levels of stock car racing. And um, I, 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 I applaud him. He is, he is a, a very nice young man, a, a very, very humble young man. And I am certainly glad for all the good stuff that has gone on in his life over the past, you know, since Martinsville. I believe he's gotten engaged or gotten married. Um, and he will be returning next year with this new effort. Um, Go Fast Racing will still put out a car as they sold their charter. Not the team, they had sold their charter, but Archie Sinclair... Um, is only going to run uh, five or six races next year um, in races that will be financially beneficial to the team. So more than likely that will be races like Daytona, maybe uh, some of the inaugural races like Road America or Circuit of the Americas or even Nashville. Um, but I, I, I perceive them only running a handful of races, and I think that sets them up for possibly coming back in 2022. Um, but no, you know, can't really speculate too much on that. Um, but it is good to see Matt and even and BJ McLeod, who who's a driver who's kind of done it on his own. And, you know, just making a little more headway each day. Um, you know, taking this effort and this opportunity. And with someone like Joe Falk, who has been around the sport for quite a long time. Um, as an owner and co-owner. You know, taking this, I think that this is a, a, a great move. And could possibly be a long-standing team once they get their feet under them. Uh, so... Yeah, um, got to do one real quick shout out before we wrap up with the answer to our pop quiznos. Um, I should have done this at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to kick myself in the ass. But a big, big shout out to Ed Ballow, friend of the show, fan of the show, my compatriot on many a racing road trips. The man who brought 
Parsippany High School, the Dick Trickle Newsletter. The Dick Trickle Fan Club Newsletter. Let's get that right. Got to throw the whole name in there. Uh, El Presidente there. He uh, got married last weekend uh, to a beautiful woman named Allison. Um, they had a little private ceremony due to COVID. Um, a ceremony that I actually was invited to before the pandemic hit. Uh, and it's really good. Um, Allison's a real sweetheart, especially if she's got to put up with him. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he, he's a big race fan. She's a Denny Hamlin fan. Not that I hold that against her, but hey, it, it's a slight improvement. She initially, when she started racing, I guess she was a, uh, Brad Keselowski fan. Uh, so a little bit of improvement, you know. At least she's not a Kyle Busch fan. Uh, so, no, but all seriousness, props to them. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely happy for them. Uh, it's a really great guy. We've had many, many road trips. Uh, I would love to get him on the show. Love to get him on the show. Maybe even a couple of episodes because we've got racing stories galore. Uh, probably a couple we can't tell on the free podcast maybe we may have to do a patreon one uh but uh we we've had we've had some fun road trips and i know he's been to many 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 more races than i have he's actually been to the first uh circuit of the americas f1 race which i've not been to and he went to a i guess you can say infamous daytona 500 that I did not go to, and that one was on a whim. Uh, he's also the same guy who uh, who made made sure in his talk um, about going to Bristol, and he is a season ticket owner at not only Bristol but at Eldora for the truck races and. Who knows next year if Eldora will be back on the schedule or not, because I have not heard any confirmation on the Truck and Xfinity Series schedule for next year. At least, if there has been, I've missed it somehow with everything going on. But, yes, definitely props to Ed and Allison, Team Balloonets, um, which is an amalgamation of their two last names, and I think it's freaking awesome. Uh... So I definitely props to them. And now we're at the end of the show, so I might as well give you the pop quiz nose. Because I'm in the Halloween spirit. It's trick or treat. And I may have tricked you with this question instead of treating you. And I said, what form, what horror character, horror movie character was featured, was supposed to be featured on Kyle Petty's Coors Light number 42? Uh, Pontiac in 1995 before NASCAR nixed the idea and Kyle was forced to have a pumpkin painted on the hood. That horror character and spokesperson for Coors Light at Halloween time in the 90s was none other than Cassandra Peterson aka Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Um, Elvira, who I remember being around the 80s, um, the 
if you've ever seen the movie Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, or um, she's done many things. Uh, this is Cassandra Peterson, and this is probably her most beloved and most known character. Um, would introduce horror movies on uh, some. I think it started off as a local channel, and she had quite a big cult following. You know, found herself in Hollywood anyway. Blah blah blah. NASCAR had nixed the idea because of Elvira is known for her revealing clothing while introducing these films. Um, her very low cut tops on her dresses and whatnot. Well, NASCAR had nixed the idea. The campaign had changed. Had they had to pull Elvira off the hood of the car, and a replacement was a pumpkin that was painted by Kyle Petty's daughter Montgomery, I believe her name was. So I think that that was that was something um, nifty, a little Halloweenish, um, because we are in the spirit of Halloween. Um, I was going to do something with the Universal Monsters, but I couldn't remember all the all the cars and who went to what. Um, maybe that'll be that'll be something we talk about. But um, anyway, this is Matt Hardman. This is the Race Nerd Podcast. Hopefully, by the time we record next week, we'll actually have Texas dried out, so we can go over that and go over Martinsville. Wow, a two for one week. And we haven't had one of those since couple months ago when they would do double headers. But anyway, I'm Matt Hardman. This is the Race Nerd Podcast, and you're listening to us on CKCC Radio. Remember to like and subscribe if you already haven't, and listen to all the programs out there in the network. Until then, I'll see you at the track.